and welcome to episode 54 of the Bird Sages. Stormbound players with a head for the game, I am Freeloader. And with me, as always, are Sibaiku and Thomas. Sibaiku, I know you're under the weather a little, but besides that, how's it going tonight? Fantastic. And Thomas, how are you doing? Pretty all right. <laughs> Pretty all right. We are the Brood Sages, easily the second best Stormbound related podcast in production. And as a reminder, you can always follow us at Brood Sages on Twitter. Or for all of you who've ever enjoyed a weekend at Bernie's, our email address is thebroodsages at gmail.com. Uh, so, guys, we have uh, some community news going on, of course. Uh, SWCC reminder, if you want to take part, design some cards, earn some rubies, pretty dang sweet. Um, week 8 just finished up. One mana cards was the topic too close to call, Thomas, but we do have week 7 winners, which were divergent for one of the few times, I think possibly the first time so far. So who won? We had, for the winner of week seven, uh, Mr. P93 got a whole whopping 100 rubies. Hot dang. That's pretty ridiculous. And then uh, Rode V with, uh, or, ooh, maybe I should go over his card first. Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah, give me a second to load it up. All right, so Mr. P's uh, card that he created, Confined Booters, three mana, pirate, uh, at level... Five has five strength, and the ability on this guy is when attacking, reduces the strength of the enemy unit being attacked to one, and all enemy units of the same type. So, a crazy twist on confinement. Or this thing beast, is, it's like Beast of Terrors with confinement. This is sweet. <laughs> That's nuts. You attack any Rhymeling on the board, or Frostling, and the Lady Rhyme just drops to one. I love it. And... We need that in the game. I don't know, Sabike, what do you think? Too powerful? That is actually a really good, interesting concept here. I really like how it's a much better version of confinement. Not only is it plastered onto a unit, but the fact that it can actually has a pretty decent play and it's pretty well statted, in my opinion, being only five strength at level five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like when the game starts out, you just uh, have to play your, your five strength uh, with nothing else. But then as the game continues on, uh, definitely <laughs> does a lot of work. I'd like to see it just to go up against buck decks. Um, so, Sabaiku, uh, since Thomas took uh, Mr. P93s, why don't you tell us, uh, so uh, the judged winner, 50 rubies, was Road AV. What was his card? So his card was Blistering Barrage. This is an ironclad spell. It says, for four mana, choose a row. For two turns, deal one damage to all units and structures in or entering this row. So this is almost like... Okay, sorry, I forgot to mention that that's at the level one. At level five, it's it lasts. It does five damage to all units and structures in or entering this row. I should probably just fix that, shouldn't I? Cut no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. That's insane, though. Yeah, no, no, that's all units, not just your opponents. Yeah, yeah, that's actually an interesting, interesting. Uh, that's an interesting concept here as well. You, this is almost like as if you're burning the tiles, um, so that. <laughs> Any units played here are like completely blocked. You're pretty much blocking off that entire row. So it's an interesting take on Flaming Stream. This is probably a much better version of Flaming Stream, in my opinion. Yeah, it's that true. frog in your throat is really starting to bother you, too, huh? So like, <laughs> Thomas, what do you think? It's really interesting. Super cool concept. And the things that you could do with it would be pretty fun. Like, if you want to tuck something over in the top corner, instead of using Unstable Build to kind of protect it in that uh, adjacent spot, you instead just uh, light up that entire row uh, right next to your uh, unit tucked in the corner of your opponent's baseline, and uh, you're good to go. They no, can't do anything it? about it. Isn't that a column, not a row? Oh, dang it. I'm thinking the other way around. Yeah, uh, thinking, it's yeah. not as good. I, <laughs> Never mind. I just, realized that. I just realized that as well. This is almost like flooding the gates in that case. Yes, it's <laughs> flooding the gates anywhere on the board. Ooh, okay. So that does actually still make it just as good, actually, if not better. Because if you really want to protect your second row, mm -hmm. I do like that. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I load up on your baseline. I cast Blistering Barrage with the remainder of my mana on my second row, and I just wish you luck. Mm -hmm. This is a great control card. You can actually put this on the middle of the battlefield and just end your turn, and the enemies can't cross through the entire battlefield. So this is kind of hilarious. It's brutal if you also have, like, True Shot on the board, right? Well, yeah, there's Ironclad cards, uh, Siege. Oh, that's nasty. <laughs> okay. I can be on board with this card in Ironclad, too. 
Well, congrats to both of them and to everyone who participated. Remember, all you have to do is participate at all. You receive 25 rubies. So all of you were winners. Normally, we give the Toad games to Thomas, but actually he passed the uh, uh, the, the test last time and got it right. So, Sabiker, do you want to take on Toad games this month, uh, this week? Sure. So, Toad games is a weekly competition that's hosted on the Discord server. Um, essentially, you... You start with everyone starts with 500 gold. Each game you win, you get 100 gold. Each game you lose, you lose 100 gold. To qualify for prizes, you must play at least three games. And it gets a lot of fun because there's also first, second, and third place bonus rewards. You can grind up to like 2,000 or 3,000 even gold in one week just from those bonus rewards. Nobody does that. Come on. Come on. Who's done that? I've done that actually a couple of times. Oh, sorry. No, you Reckless, Reckless has done that a couple of times now. He's he's been Reckless and a couple others have actually done that quite a few times now. What was the top that Reckless has ever gotten for rewards? I'm not entirely sure, but I think it was somewhere between three thousand or four thousand gold. In one <laughs> <That's week>. Insane. <laughs> That's insane. That is sweet. But yeah, um, no, I think the the. This week's is still going on. It goes on mm-hmm. until um, Thursday. So they, whoever is in that can get their uh, last couple games in and then see how many games get played this week and who gets first place and how much they get. Yeah, Sabaiku, you should, you should play more of it. I'm, I'm sure you'd, you'd beat the, the, the crud out of that reckless rush guy. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think he's that good. <laughs> Wipe the floor with him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's move on from our community news then because we do have a main topic. Several of you have already been posting and complaining. We haven't done an episode yet on it. So here it is. There are, in fact, patch notes for April. And boy, are there changes. There's a lot of changes this month. First off, let's start with our buffs. And I will go back and forth between the two of you. So starting with Thomas, we have Harold's Hymn, which is now doing what? Uh, going to be the uh, same ability, uh, except for the fact that it's going to give one additional strength at all levels. So, um, nice little buff for a very uh, mana expensive card. Um, I don't think it'll see any additional play with this change, uh, just because it's such a mana expensive card, but it won't feel quite as bad in my opinion, getting in at draft. Um, that's kind of my take on the card. I don't know, Sabaki, what do you think? <laughs> With Pog and Forgotten Souls being in the game, is Harold's hymn ever going to 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 see play at, at this at this mana cost? That is exactly what I always like to compare it to. Harold's hymn is the equivalent of just a level five Forgotten Souls with Potion of Growth, and this plus one buff here doesn't change much, as Thomas has mentioned already, because it is still plus one more mana expensive than this combo. Not only not only that, it's very hard to actually see play as on man- you're going to have to wait until mana 7 and the perfect conditions to be lined up for this card to be useful. And on top of all of that, you're actually getting a plus 1 like you're getting you you have you would have to pay plus 1 more mana than the actual other combo which has way more playability. So, it's very hard for this card to ever see play with at that mana. Mm. Good so- point. With the meta changing around so much, maybe we shouldn't get into it because we could spend days probably talking about it, but would have going back down to six mana be um, better for it? Would it see play at six mana again? So originally when it was actually at six mana, this was during what I like to call the Satan era because this was during the meta where there was three swarm cards at mana six, at six mana, sorry, costing six mana each. It was Herald's Hymn. Queen of Herds and oh, Bucks of the Wasteland. Right. Mm-hmm. So this was the 666 meta, and these cards were played in every single Swarm deck. If you did not play this, you're just not going to win. So this is why at the time when Sheepyard made their changes to buff it to make it mana 7, they changed too much in my opinion. They not only nerfed Queen and Bucks, they also nerfed Herald's Him with that pool, and that's why Herald's Him just completely became a dead card. I think at mana 6, it could actually be playable. And I don't think it'd be actually too OP. Yeah. So it, it got unjustly nerfed during a very overpowered time period. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Jeez. Hmm. Would vitality help? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Except wait, it sends things into the baseline. So no. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. So, Michael, you get the next one. Rhymelings. What's going on with Rhymelings? So this 
buff is huge. Rhymelings is now going to cost 4 mana. However, don't think that it's going to still retain the 3 mana gain. The yeah, mana gain that's... is going to be set to 2 now. So you're effectively paying 4 mana and gaining 2 back. So essentially, it's still the same. It's still 2 cost. However, you can play it earlier. And that is a big deal. Not only can you play it earlier, you can actually combo this card with Shivana and Icicle Burst at 5 mana. And that's actually a huge change because a lot of Shivana decks that would run Icicle Burst they wouldn't have the ability to play Ice Coopers, Shivana, and Rhyme Links. You can only play Ice Coopers and Shivana, or just play Rhyme Links. And that was like a really big impact on a lot of Shivana decks. But at Rhyme Links, that four mana is going to see a lot of play. I think this is definitely going to shape the meta a lot. I love this. Uh, I, one of the biggest problems with like so, so uh, you know every every faction getting that little two mana card quote unquote two mana card that has a downside and therefore six strength instead of instead of five rhymelings was the only one of that bunch whose downside meant even going second you couldn't even play it <laughs> that's and thomas that's such a bad like when you when you have your power two drop and you can't open the game with it it feels brutal it absolutely does i think that this is gonna go more than just javana decks even in like mid-range and controlly type decks, um, there were quite a few times where I would have to debate between Gifted Recruits and Sparkly Kitties in my deck uh, because mm -hmm. that one extra strength was such a big deal. And so at four mana, I think this goes into almost every winter deck now. Uh, I'd rather run the new Rhymelings over Gifted Recruits. See, and that's what's great about it, right? That's that's what we want, is we, we want people moving away from guns and moving into more faction cards, especially in, in winter, which a lot of people refer to as the gray faction because it only plays neutral cards. <laughs> um, let's move on. Conflicted Drakes. Thomas, give me, give me the lowdown on this. All right. So main body stays the same in everything. Uh, now its ability just deals one extra damage at all levels. I like this and it's pretty strong for the mana cost. Um, but because it doesn't kill anything with its ability, um, because now at level five, it'll do four damage to a target enemy or the, the enemies in front of it is still not enough to reset your opponent's front line of a gifted recruits or prototypes coming at you. So it's still not going to see any play, sadly. Yeah. Uh, Sabaiku, I compare this uh, a lot to, um, cause it also doesn't have movement to Trekking Alderman. And when you look at what Trekking can do, especially early in the game when there's not that many targets, it's just so much better, isn't it? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think Trekking is almost like one of the best three mana cards you can fit into your deck, especially if you're playing either mid-range or control. Um, this Conflicted Drake's change, it won't change too much in the sense of ranked, but I do think that in draft, it will be a lot better because... When you're forced to play some of these, when you're forced to play a low mana card, maybe the other options are just so terrible that you choose not to play those. Conflicted Drakes here actually isn't too bad. And also, there are a couple brawls, in particular the Dragon Brawl, that where a lot of times you don't even want to run Conflicted Drakes because it's just so poor value. But I think now with this change, it could at least see more play in the Dragon Brawl. But wait, it, it doesn't affect dragons, right? So it'll shoot it'll shoot ahead but not hit anything. That's true, but obviously a lot of other players will run, you know, other faction cards that aren't dragon type. So sure, sure, sure. it still works out favorably. Mm -hmm. I do really like the the point about uh draft for it. That's those are good stats for draft mode. Yeah, Sabaiku, Yumi and Thomas are gonna have to sit down and review for uh the draft guide to see if maybe this moves it up a tier or not. Mm-hmm. All right, next up is Sabaiku with Temple of the Mind. What's going on? So Temple of the Mind is getting a buff of plus one strength at all levels. At level five, this card is going to be is going to sit comfortably at seven strength now. I don't think this card is going to see much play still. I don't think it saw play before, and I don't think it will ever see play. Mostly <laughs> because the effect is just very poorly thought out. Um, I don't like the fact that it also randomly destroys a confused unit at the start of your turn, which I don't really think was necessary. I think if they remove that portion, Temple of the Mind can actually see a lot, like a lot more play. Even though it's not really a big deal, I think Temple of the Mind in general is not really useful. The effect of just giving your units fixedly forward movement, at least in a lot of cases, is just not really great value. 
See, Thomas, I actually thought the other way. I thought if Temple of the Mind was like Glacial Palace, but for confusion, it would be super helpful. There's all of these confusion cards that need an activator, and there's so few low mana cost activators in the game, you know, Sweet Cat being basically the only one. Um, I've thought that, you know, if there was just something that could activate some some confusion on the board, so that way we could play our confusion proc cards. Might might Temple of Mind be better that way? You're saying if there was another structure that confused things? Is there not a structure that confuses things right now? No. That's what I thought. Yeah, so not another structure. I'm saying if Temple of the Mind's, like, to Sabaiku's point, Temple of the Mind's actual effect, just like the two f- effects combined, aren't synergistic, nor do they sort of make sense. Uh, I'm suggesting that maybe Temple of the Mind being the confusion version of Glacial Palace, so get rid of the fixedly forward thing, might that m- not make it a, you know, but but not, let me re-explain. Instead of killing a confused card, confusing a unit on the board so you have something to target with your HRC or your Melodious Sisters or whatever else you've got. Ah, so if it was like, at the start of your turn, confuse a the closest yes. enemy unit. Ah, yes, okay. like Glacial Palace, right, but for confusion. Yeah, I could see that having some play then. Uh, the other thing that I was thinking of, to um, Subaku's point, for destroying the, the weakest confused unit, I think it would also have to go up to 8 strength uh, at level 5. It'd be like Fort of Ebon Rock because the ability of fixedly forward unit is a benefit sometimes and a hindrance other times. So it could have the same base strength as Ebon Rock and still be perfectly fair in... Oh, that's interesting. Now, Subaiku, I know you're going to disagree with that because as far as you're concerned, the only place is face. So fixedly forward is always good. What do you think? Does the fixedly forward adjustment actually act as a hindrance sometimes? Yes, actually it does. Because let's say in some cases when you need to play defensive, you can't have that unit become fixedly forward and then you just lose the game. Um, Also, I don't like that there's like a lot of setup involved here. Maybe not too much, but there is some sort of setup where you have to like literally throw, you have to move the card from the right-hand side to the left-hand side just so that this card can work. I don't know, mm. it's kind of silly. All right, fair enough. But either way, it's at least stronger now, even if it's just going to sit in the library. Thomas, what have we got going on with Bounded Demons? Bounded Demons, uh, base strength is going up one across all the levels. I like this change a lot, and I think that it's going to be more playable in draft. I think it already is playable in draft. When, you, when you're going second and you open with this, you're seeing value every time. It's a good card in draft. It's it's borderline in draft. This will put it perfectly in the sweet spot, in my opinion, in draft. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, Diehards, you, you play a little bit of Swarm every once in a while. Uh, what do you think of Diehards and, and its new change? So Diehards is now going to be one mana cheaper. It's going to sit at three mana now instead of four. And this change is quite huge, actually, in my opinion. Not only is this more playable, for example, let's say you have your very first turn and it's three mana, you can play this now, but it's way cheaper. This is like a 25% mana reduction, and this can definitely see way more play. You have way more synergies now where you can play this card with HV on six mana, sorry, on five mana now, and you can play also like Broken Truths with Diehards on seven mana. I don't know. I think this card definitely can see way more play with three mana. Do you think that Reckless Kid's going to put this into any of his decks? It's unlikely because there aren't enough self um, trigger, self self damaging cards in the Swarm faction. If this card was in Shadowfen, every single Shadowfen player would be running this because of Toxic Sacrifice oh, and Witches. Like Witches helps get rid of it too, right? Yes, and Crimson Sentry. You have all oh. kinds of pro- all kinds of synergies there. Aren't you glad we're all Shadowfen players here? I I am <laughs> most certainly. Thomas, give me Martyr Spongers. Yep. All right. Martyr is getting one whole movement. Ooh, that's huge, though. I like this a lot. This is mm-hmm. exactly where this thing should have started out as. So um, six or six mana, 12 strength, one movement is definitely solid for a uh, vanilla card. And then we've got all the other abilities on it. So if you've got it in a Bounder Daemon's deck, going to be sending a lot of damage in. Ooh. What do you think? Is, is is the swarm chip 
uh, archetype revitalized here? <laughs> well, in in ranked mode, no, but <laughs> I do I do like this a lot in draft. I think this is going to be a great, uh, a lot of fun draft card. All right, fair enough. So, Becky, we have one nerf this month. Yes, so Flameless Lizards is getting a pretty massive change here. Um, the level, the strength changes are different per level. So at level two, it's minus one. At level three, it's minus one. And then level four, it's minus one. But at level five, it's a minus two strength. And this is a huge deal. Um, Flameless Lizards previously saw quite a bit of play. It was definitely the strongest vanilla card. And at five mana mm -hmm. for 16 strength, this was like a tank just sitting on the board and... Since Confinement is currently not exactly a very meta card, this card was extremely hard to deal with for a lot of players and a lot of decks. But with minus two strength, this card is unfortunately going to slowly die down. Yeah, I mean, so so Thomas, I always looked at Flameless Lizard in comparison to, say, Loris, that can, that can take 10 of your damage off the board and be a 10-1. Or Ubis, who, you know, back when Flameless was first introduced, I think Ubis was still doing two pings for a scrap planners, right? Mm -hmm. So Flameless, or, you know, at 16 with no movement was kind of comparable to just playing Ubis right next to a scrap planners and nothing else. Yep. But now, but now with the nerf happening to, to Ubis, Flameless was starting to be just the biggest boy at five, wasn't he? It, well, I mean, uh, vanilla-wise, has always been the largest, and sure. in my opinion, it was too large. Okay. Well, it's not going to be anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we also have three new cards coming, folks. Uh, we have, including two legendaries, also a what has to be one of my favorite card names ever. On April 10th, we will see a new card called Demotivational Strike. <laughs> and for some reason, I just see like a whole bunch of like really unhappy but apathetic people not even holding up their picket signs, kind of standing around and moving around. We're on Demotivational Strike. <laughs> I just love it. Uh, this is a four mana neutral card. It is a uh, spell. It is common. At level five, it's disable a target unit's ability, then deal seven to it. From five downwards, it goes seven damage, six, five, four, and three. So this is effectively execution with silence attached, although it doesn't quite deal as much. And also note that it's only a target unit, not a structure. Ooh. All right, I'll start with Sabaki. What do you think? So unfortunately, I don't think this is that great of a card. I think currently execution is decent. It might even need a little bit of buffs, in my opinion, because it's just not really strong to contain the current meta of very cheap units. And this card is going to be, in most cases, a worse version of execution. I don't really like the fact that it disables the ability. So that is equivalent to just simply freezing a unit with like Icicle Burst. Okay. And then for three mana, you're dealing seven, which still isn't really good. Um, the other problem is that Stoic Protectors is just a better version in many, many cases. You can just run Stoic Protectors, which we already see very similar in contrast from Siege Breakers with Execution. A lot of players would much rather play Siege Breakers, and in this case, it's going to be pretty similar to that. But I think that's fine, Thomas, don't you? That, that there's like a spell version of it if you're playing a deck that can't maintain front or doesn't care to maintain front. No, because no. the only things that you really care to have the abilities be silenced are things that are threatening uh, your front, like if you're a control deck, uh, with their with their on-death triggers or attack triggers. And so by the time they get up to you, you could use Stoic Protectors to silence them. Mm, that's fair. That's yep. fair. So like they, they yeah, they, <laughs> they, they, sh they sound drivers, they're embers. And... Stoic is perfectly reasonable there. I don't need demotivational strike. If they the, play embers on their baseline, I don't care. <laughs> the other problem is simply that currently unit abilities aren't exactly a massive threat. I would mm. rather say unit strength is a bigger threat than unit abilities. Um, and in most cases, you can probably just... In most cases, you won't even be able to disable a unit and get a lot of value out of it because there just aren't enough... Perhaps you're trying to push a meta where we can actually play silence as we see here with the diehards change. 
but I don't think that meta is going to be happening anytime yeah. soon. Yep, I, I completely agree with you. And the main reason we're not going to really get that much um, value out of these silence abilities is because most players are getting the value of the turn that they play the card that has those abilities. The fact that we have to play a reactive card uh, that on our turn to, to silence the thing means it's already too late. Our opponents generally already got their triggered value. Right. It's like, oh, hey, look, now he has two Crowglyphs. I better silence it. Yep. And too late. Too oh, late. man, I couldn't. I can't kill that enemy GP. I have to silence it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Sabaiku, we are getting another card on April 17th. This one, one of the legendaries. What have we got? It's an ancient hero. Our very first ancient hero is going to be Zero the Resurrector at seven mana at level one. It has seven strength, one movement. Before moving, respawn one surrounding non-legendary friendly unit destroyed since the beginning of the turn. Mm. Boy, that was pretty mouthful. However, this card actually sees a lot of play. Let me read the level 5 version real quick. Mm -hmm. Instead of just respawning one surrounding non-legendary, it respawns all surrounding non-legendary friendly units. So there's a couple interesting things here because not only will you have to keep track of which units actually died since the beginning of your turn, but I'm not entirely sure how this will play into the meta with how, if you can resurrect. I'm assuming they want us to play this card with a lot of death effect units that they can resurrect and get full value from there. But overall, I'm not entirely sure how this will change the meta. What do you think, Thomas? I'm excited for this one. Um, number one, it's going to for sure see play in draft. Draft is all about value, oh, and this yeah. is an awesome card for value. Um, in ranked, it's going to be quite a bit more difficult to just uh, jam into any deck. So this will be more of the, in my opinion, mid-rangey-ish, heavy-ish decks. It'll be used as like the, the finisher. Um, there are every once in a while decks that would like use Siren as, as their finisher. They can cut back on two mana and not quite have some of the oomph that, that Siren has, but they're going to be able to control boards a lot better with uh, a massive 15 strength smashing things around and regenerating 5, 10, 15 strength fairly easily. All right, question. What does the game consider happens to the original body of Fragmented Essences? So if at the beginning of my turn, Fragmented Essences splits itself into two, is the original body able to be replaced by Ciro when she hits the board? I don't think Fragmented is destroyed. So <laughs> okay. I would say no, it does not replace it. So I could Toxac something and then play C Ciro. Ciro? Ciro? Do we know what the pronunciation is? Sabaiko, what do we pay we you for? How, how, how do you not know? The, what is Sabaiko? <laughs> How do we pronounce this thing? I believe it's zero, but okay. I'm not entirely sure. Okay, fine. Thanks. So it's zero. <laughs> I'm going to call it Cyro. You can call it Cyro because it's like Siren? Basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we can, we can play it with Toxac. That's kind of fun. Uh, any of our units that like did a clean trade? I kind of like this also in decks with uh, Yowling Weavers. <laughs> oh, man. That's hilarious. Opponent <laughs> thought that they got something. Psych. And then they stick something else in front of it and you lose zero. <laughs> ah, dang it. <laughs> I'll have to rethink that. <laughs> All right, Thomas. Give me, on April 24th, dropping for the first time ever, give me our next card. All right. We got another ancient hero coming up. Gray the Balancer. This guy is a four mana, one mover. And his strength going from level one to five is four, five, six, seven, eight. So we got, yep, yep, we got another four mana, uh, one mover, uh, just another great niche card. Um, so his ability is before moving, destroy the weakest unit from the player who has the most units on board. And I got to say, I love this card. I am immediately leveling this one up to level five for sure. I think it's going to be a great control card. And the reason I say this, uh, just like, on the spot because to me this feels a lot like the way that a person plays hunter's vengeance you always play hunter's vengeance at the beginning of your turn to wipe out your opponent's stuff and then you continue playing your units uh, because when your turn starts you almost 
always have less units on the board than your opponent does. And so I, I think Gray the Balancer is going to be a great two-for-one card uh, every time you play him. Sabaiku, I'm actually interested to see the interaction with this card and, and green prototypes. To Thomas's point, if my opponent has two units on the board and I have none, and I play Gray right in front of green prototypes, Gray hits the board, then moves, but before moving destroys the weakest unit from my opponent, which very well could be that green prototypes, right? So now I've got a 13-1? Yeah. Vitalized? Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty strong. Sounds I, decent, doesn't it? I think this card is really, really good, actually, in a lot of decks. I think this can also bring back some more dominating control meta. This is a really powerful card. We did get confirmation that this card counts itself during the ability. So... That also means at, for example, let's say you start, the, the enemy starts the game at mana three and they play out two cards, which is pretty common in my my opinion at high Heroes League where players can play, for example, green prototypes with saber paws and then you drop gray. So not only do you end up, I believe, killing one at random because they're both the same strength, but now the enemy has very little that they can actually do because if they play another unit, then at the very start of your turn, it's going to die again. Oh my gosh. That's the reason why I'm so excited for this. So on their four mana turn, then they most likely do nothing or they have to try and kill Gray because otherwise if Gray does not die, they'll waste their four mana turn anyway. No, no, that's not true. So if they have any four mana eight one, mm-hmm. they can put it in front of Gray. Gray will, not, Gray will not kill the eight so, one. It will kill so, the smaller unit, right? Yes, but they still got two for one. Mm-hmm. They sure did, but so, I'm saying that you don't have to pass the turn. You 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 just have to play something bigger. Even a West Wind at that point would would do better. Right? It won't die. We know West Wind won't die. Why is that? Because it's not the weakest unit. Okay. Yeah. So so back over to this analogy. Uh, opponent starts off three mana with Wild Saber Paws and Green Prototypes. Mm-hmm. You play Gray. Let's say he destroys the Green Prototypes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on their turn, I pass the turn back to them. So they're now at four mana. They've got their wild saber paws, and you've got the gray of the balancer. They play Westwind Sailors. Your turn starts. Gray destroys the wild saber paws, Correct. and now all that's left is the Westwind Sailors and Gray. I, yes. Like I see what you mean, but Gray still d- destroyed ten strength worth of stuff, and he's still got eight strength. So. That's that's a great play. That is a great turn one oh, play for you. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, no, and I I, I do agree. Your 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 best your best reaction to Gray the Bouncer being on the board is just playing another four mana eight one and and, and trading, mm-hmm. right? Because you'll either be able to trade on your turn or put it right in front of Gray, and Gray will kill the other unit and then crash into the eight one itself and die at the start of their turn. So so that's the best. You can hope to do if your opponent opens with gray on four is trade <laughs> trade eight ones. Mm-hmm. Perhaps this is a hot take on this card, but mm-hmm. I don't think gray the balancer is balanced. It might not be. <laughs> it might not be. It's basically I also, a guaranteed 15, a 13 da- uh, uh, value on four mana. I also don't really like how Sheepyard is giving us tools to counter this kind of design. Like they gave us demotivation strike. But it's such poor value, it won't even kill the actual card. That's true. Gray doesn't die to it. That's true. Oh my gosh. So these aren't really great ways of how to counter potential like archetypes coming into the meta. They're giving us very weak tools in the shed. I don't know how we'll possibly deal with this at this point. Well, the the solution is to play Shadowfen, uh, Reign of Frogs. Yep, that is 100% correct. I do think Shadowfen will definitely see a higher win rate if Gray the Bouncer ever... Sorry, not win rate. Play rate if Gray the Bouncer ever sees an increased play rate as well. I won't notice a difference. That's all I play. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this card is very sweet. Um, moving on from there, folks, there will be uh, the standard exclusive packs for those new cards that'll uh, drop right around the same time that the cards get released. So on the 10th, you'll be able to buy a special pack that gives you uh, Demotivational Strike, uh, several copies, etc. There will also be some Easter-themed packs, which are pretty sweet. They include some limited-time avatars uh, for 
each one of them, there will also be a new brawl, uh, always the warrior brawl, uh, uh, which will give you a zero mana copy of the new card so you can try it out. And ouch, if you didn't already manage to find it during the draft that week. Uh, that's been really hitting me pretty hard the last couple of brawls. Um, also noting uh, uh, the April 14th brawl, which is for the demotivational strike, is going to be 50% off. Uh, and then uh, there's actually a whole bunch of changes, guys, to card text that are happening. Um, we can't go through all of it here. It would take forever. But um, they're, they're trying to standardize language, make sure, uh, remove things like, you know, if if the word all is in there and it's implied that it would be all units on board or something like that, they take it out. Um, go to Stormbound uh, Dash Kitty, read the release notes. Uh, we'll have a link to it in the podcast episode, of course, in our show notes. Um, and you can see all of the kinds of things that they're changing. But it's going to be really nice that um, from now on, it'll be much more standardized when you're reading the cards and understanding what they do. Uh, all right. That's everything happening april 1st guys what do we think where, where are we Sabaiku, you go first yeah i'm sorry i'm so confused what do you want me to say like <laughs> i'm lost here just do what you normally do Sabaiku. <laughs> I normally do. <laughs> thomas you want to go first yeah i can go first so um overall i'm really happy with uh the the new cars that are going to be coming out this month i'm like i said i'm for sure uh maxing out gray the balancer right when it's released I probably will also max out Cyro um, because I think it's going to be fun to at least play test. Um, normally, I wouldn't do that for a legendary that I'm halfway on the fence on, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun to play with, and so I'm doing it. Um, and so that's that's my take on that. Like I'd say Cyro is probably like a scale of like five. Well, probably like a, a scale of like uh, or on the scale of zero to. 10, 10 being the most powered, I'd put Cyro at like a uh, six, six and a half, uh, and then gray at like an eight or a nine. Um, so very happy about the new cards. I'm not going to talk about motivation strike or demotivation strike. It demotivates me. <laughs> oh, Sabaki, what do you think? So here we are near the end of the patch notes. Um, I don't know. I think that there are a couple cards here that will finally see a lot more play. So Rhymelings, Diehards and the new legendary, I think, great. The unbalancer is going to definitely see a lot of play. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Rhymelings is great because I already mentioned the Shivana change, but this card was already being used in Winter Rush decks, so now it's just going to be used even more. I think this card is going to definitely improve Winter Rush as a whole. Diehards, yeah. maybe Swarm Control can come into play. I think it's a pretty strong card now at mana three, and great the balancer. I just hope I don't see it in my games because I think this is going to really make me want to just play Shadowfen and Reign of Frogs. Welcome to the dark side, my friend. Uh, let's, let's. Uh, I mean, Sabaku, that's all you've ever done is played Shadowfen, so it'll just be like normal. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I do want to give a shout out, guys. I don't know if you're aware of this, but this week, Stormbound Kitty is celebrating its three-year anniversary three years old this week uh one of the best sites on the interwebs i don't think uh kitty gets enough credit for the absolute work of art she's created with it um just wanted to give a shout out to kitty and to her website and to everyone who uses it congratulations three years running that's pretty dang impressive uh i think i'm going to go out on a limb and take the hot take of gray the balancer is going to get balanced um right as soon as i fuse it to five <laughs> <laughs> so just don't do it until like four or five months that i've had a chance to play with it <laughs> so for all of you out there if you're getting frustrated at having to queue into games and seeing gray the balancer all the time send fusion stones my way i'll get it fixed <laughs> right away well, that's going to end it for the main portion of this episode which means it's time for me to remind you contact us preferably on our channel on the stormbound discord server on twitter at brood sages you can always email us at thebroodsages at gmail.com. This week, we've actually heard from MCAM, who said, I like the questions from listeners at the end, so why not make a little bit of an effort myself? In the last episode, you briefly discussed the Warrior Brawls, where you get a zero mana level one copy of the new released card. The concept is interesting and all, but lucky players, paying players, or whales, could afford to get a card copy ourselves and level it up to three 
which also will then cost zero, by the way, which results in having two copies of the card in your deck for zero mana, one of which is level three. What do you think of this pay-to-win feeling that newer F2P players that aren't lucky and don't have bank to craft an upgrade the new card have? They have a huge disadvantage in this brawl and most likely are just wasting their coins by getting a certain percentage more losses and even getting reset. And also the lack of communication to the average slash casual base player, i.e. you could have two copies of the card with zero mana and upgrading, gives you a huge advantage. Also, are you afraid Sheepyard will design more pay-to-win-like systems in Stormbound? Oof, there's a lot here. Um, we also touched on it again this time. Uh, Sabaiku, I know you have some strong feelings on this. I've seen you write about it in the Discord once or twice. What do you think about this? Uh, like, well, two halves. Question one, do you like the fact that they give you a free version of the card to try out in brawl so you know whether or not it's a card you want to play around with and invest in and two how do you feel about the idea that if you already have it and leveled up you get double of them so originally when this was this news was first released a lot of players were actually happy to say oh we can actually play the new card but what most of us didn't know is that if you actually had a card copy in your deck already you end up playing with two and this was this first happened with minion launchers at Casual Brawl, and mm-hmm. I really, really disliked it. Reckless had strong opinions on that as well. Um, he did. He ended up. Sorry. I said he did. I remember. He ended up trying to buy, I uh, believe, two thousand gold worth of packs and did not pull the card. He had to end up fusing it. Luckily, it was only Casual Brawl, so it was only level one necessary, and that was already like really annoying because you end up playing at a huge disadvantage. But now that Sheepyard has been pushing this to Warrior Brawl, where all these cards sit at level 3, it's even more pay-to-win in a sense, where you have to not only get the card copy, now you have to level it up. And Mm -hmm. I think there's a couple issues here. Not only is the new card being released only like 3 days before the Brawl becomes active for that card, so you have very little time to somehow pick up this card and level it to 3. Secondly, obviously it's a massive advantage to the players that have it at level 3. Because when you upgrade it, not only are you upgrading the card in your deck, you're upgrading the one that you get for free. So this is like a a massive advantage. And if you're not playing with this at the level that's supposed to be at, you're just going to lose. So I end up up actually avoiding these brawls for the most part. So I, I really don't like this kind of change. I think at the very least, what they should do is set it back to casual brawl. So at least it's level one. And they should reward us with that card at the milestone where they give you the free card. At the very least, that could help us get the card so we can actually play it on for that brawl. Thomas, I like that idea. The, I the free actually card don't like that. So, oh. And the reason I don't like that, it, it seems actually backwards in my opinion, is someone like me that's going to level it up to level 5 immediately. Now I've got um, my, my top end card and I go through the brawl and now I get some more extra copies. It, it, what I'd like to see happening, though, because I, I do think that this is not a um, proper system, is remove the ability of putting the new card into your deck and just give you the free copy to try out for that brawl. Or uh, when you're crafting your deck, just like in, um, or like when you get into the casual mode and you're crafting your deck, it, it already automatically displays all your cards as level one. there's an automatic slot already assigned to that new card. So you fill in your other 11 cards. That is definitely the best solution. I agree with Thomas here. Um, That is definitely the best solution. What I was trying to mention is like, at the very least, this would be a better system. But Thomas's system here is obviously perfected in a sense. Um, That would help a lot of people and make a lot of the player base much happier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I admit, I also uh, avoid these if I haven't, the last couple have been epics, right? And so the way that I've been gathering most of my epics at this point is by playing draft. And so the drafts leading up to the brawls with the free copies, I've been holding off on running my drafts until I know the new card's released, and I've just been missing. I just, you know, I've been doing everything I can, and I whiff. And, you know, it is what it is. There's a lot of epics in the game, so it's, I'm not totally surprised. It is frustrating, though. Uh, when you queue into a, a, a brawl game and your opponent has 
you know, a huge level advantage over you. The, the, it almost feels like back in the day when uh, we didn't have the tiered brawls, right? Uh, there were certain brawls like pirate brawl where I just didn't have anything higher than like level three. I wasn't playing it. There was no point in trying to play it because I was just getting massively out, outvalued. It's not that bad because it's just one card in the deck. Well, two cards in the deck. But it's frustrating. <laughs> in general, though, to MKM's last question, are, are we afraid Sheepyard will design more pay-to-win uh, uh, pay, pay uh, uh, like systems in Stormbound? I look at Draft as this wonderful free-to-play thing they've introduced. I look at Ladder, and I don't see it as p to uh, I don't know. P to W just is so hard to say. Um, say I, I don't. I don't say. I don't see. Peta. Yeah. It, I, I don't. I don't see um, ladder as as play to win. Uh, draft is definitely not. Uh, uh, and so there's all these wonderful ways to enjoy the game. My favorite being draft. Uh, that are not pay to win. That if if brawl which to me has always been a little more pay to win. Uh, it, it, it definitely, Brawl definitely gives an advantage to people with, you know, l more mature libraries because uh, it's pushing you to play cards that you don't normally play on ladder, which is a good thing, except that if you have limited resources, you haven't leveled those cards up. And so once the tiered Brawls came out, that helped a ton. But to me, Brawl has always been a little bit more of the pay to win edge of the game and so if if this is something that sheepyard decides they want to do in this particular mode it's fine uh, to me i like it's annoying it means i won't play it uh but honestly i'd rather be playing draft anyway <laughs> i don't well, know do you guys feel like the game is becoming pay to win I, no, I feel like the trajectory not. is the opposite way, right? Yep. I, well i think they've done a great job of balancing both sides of the coin like there's obviously this uh, that is pay to win, but at the same time, yeah, there's all the things that you've mentioned that has been introduced. And actually, honestly, it's probably been more on the free side of things. And so I, I'd be totally okay seeing some others as long as continuing forward, it's a half and half. Yeah, Sabaiku, that reckless dude, he he has like a whole bunch of alts that that he he runs F to P, right? Yeah, so he has a, quite a few alt accounts that he hasn't spent a single penny in those accounts, and he's been reaching really high ranks as well. So if you're talking about the draft system, oh, I'm sorry, if you're talking about the rank system, it's not exactly pay to win. It just requires a lot more effort and time from the player's perspective, from their player's part, just to get the cards that they need to win, in a sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But but draft is uh, draft uh, brawl has always been like the harder mode to 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 F to P, hasn't it? I personally think draft just needs a revamp. Uh, there's like a lot of arguments we can go into, but I really do think that draft. Oh, sorry, brawl. I keep saying draft. Um, brawl needs a revamp. It's just not really a great system. It requires you to play many, many games, and then you have to do it within a very sh short amount of time. And then, like you were mentioning, if it's pay to win, it in a sense it could be, but I don't like to think it as totally pay to win it's only this one particular thing that mcam mentioned because for the most part if you just don't have the card levels for it you're just not going to play brawl and right. yeah that's basically it yeah right. that's fair we um also heard from oh you you want oh i was gonna to... say even while like thinking through about like this um zero mana copies being added to your deck the solution that i would propose would still be a lot of coding so they could just add the zero mana card to your deck but then the deck that you threw and that one even if that one was like the level three i'd still be okay with as long as the other copy like a copy that you got from the store was still its normal mana cost the fact that there's two zero mana cards is just ridiculous. super frustrating that part is right that, that is, is correct yeah. yep yeah if, so yeah if, if everyone yeah. had the level one card or the the zero mana card even if I had a level one and you had a level three of your zero mana, that still wouldn't be as painful. But two zero mana cards is just ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. All right. And we also heard from Antoine again. He said, thanks for featuring, featuring my question. Since then, I have saved enough to upgrade both dubious hags and gifted recruits. My friend, you are 
well along your way to a wonderful Shadowfen career. A lot of my commons are now edging closer and closer to level 5, but I tend to spread the love to have more options to play. Wise, but always come back to Shadowfen. <laughs> that is more fun. Heroes League can wait. Uh, actually, Antoine, I'm not sure that you are taking the longer path to Heroes League. Uh, one of the things that I've always found is when I'm facing a deck from another faction that I can't seem to beat, uh, going and playing that deck, build it and go play it yourself uh, uh, and realize which turns feel really weak and which turns you feel like you're you're really strong on helps you better play against that deck from evermore. Uh, so playing all of the factions and being able to play all the decks that you want to play, that actually gets you to Heroes League faster, in my opinion. Having high-level cards is not the only way or even the necessary way to get to the Heroes League. I think you're doing just fine, my friend. Uh, any thoughts on that from either of you? I like to... well. I had leveled up only one faction to get to Diamond 1, and I just grinded that for forever. Um, but I am a lot more stubborn than a lot of people, and so I was able to stomach doing that for a very, very long period of time. If I had to go back and do that again, I would do everything evenly because my enjoyment of the game is being able to sleeve up any deck and play any deck, and I could not just grind the same deck for an entire year straight again. So I, I think that that is the right choice to balance it out and continue enjoying the game through all the different types of decks you can put together. Yeah, I definitely have a lot of enjoyment doing that as well. I know that the Reckless guy... He ended up playing virtually the same deck for over two years in a row. I don't know how he had the mental capacity to do that, but <laughs> I don't think I could do that if I made a new account. So it's definitely a lot more fun when you start enjoying all the different flavors of each faction. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Antoine, don't, don't stress about it. I think you're doing just fine. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. For Sabaiku and Thomas, I am Freeloader. We are the Brood Sages reminding you to stay hydrated. And if you're still listening and you haven't figured it out yet, Sabaiku is actually on vacation. We had a guest tonight playing the role of Sabaiku, the one, the only Reckless Rush. Thank you so much, Reckless. It was great having you tonight. It was really fun. Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs>